Well, good morning. Welcome back to another episode, this Wednesday edition of Let's Open the Bible. Uh, Russ and Gavin here. Good morning, Gavin. Good morning. Good to be here today with you, and I hope that you have your copy of God's holy inspired word there with you and that you're able to follow along. We're continuing talking about hope this week, and today we're going to talk a little bit about horizontal hope. We're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 26, verse 12. I'm going to lead us in prayer, and then Gavin, if you would lead us in the word. Father, we thank you for today, and Lord God, just for your word uh, that is the measuring stick for all that is true. Lord, you guide us, you direct us, you correct us, you grow us, you train us up in all righteousness that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped through your word. And so, Father, I thank you. Thank you for a word in a language that we can read and understand, and a Holy Spirit that indwells us to help us to understand it. Lord, thank you for today, and we ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Proverbs twenty six twelve. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. And, and maybe we just want to back up a little and, and say in verse 11, like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. It, it's, it's that dog that's chasing after something and repeating the same acts to get that folly. Um, and then it goes down to say that if you're wise in your own eyes, do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Yeah, and we're really talking about misplaced hope or wrongly oriented hope, you know, hope in yourself or hope in other things. In fact, last, uh, I believe it was last week, we talked about stewardship, and one of the episodes we talked about was materialism. And a materialist is somebody who places their hope or expectation in a product or in a thing to find happiness. Well, that's a similar thought here, is that when we place our hope in anything horizontal, uh, it is like a fool. Right, and if we go back to the first uh, of the week on Monday, we talked about how faith is the the substance of things hoped for. So the present faith that we have is trusting in a a future reality, right? And that reality, if we are a Christian, has been found in the person and work of Jesus Christ with its anchors behind you, pointing towards the future in front of you. But, But this fool is someone that really doesn't have a good reason to trust in what he hopes for. Yeah. And, and therefore, there's more hope for a fool than for him because everything that he's placed his faith and trust in, his longings, his, his, his understanding that it will satisfy, it's like chasing the wind. He'll never get it. Yeah, well, it's like the, the great theologian Bono once saying, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You know, anything that we look for horizontally to find hope in will never satisfy. We will never find true hope in anything horizontal. And, and, and it's because it, it's, it's broken, it's fallen, it's tainted somehow by sin, like we talked about in a previous episode this week. And therefore, when we look for hope like that, we're a fool. Right. Um, That's not but, how this is used here. But. No, no, no. I, I know that. And, and I want to get back to how it's used here. But I, w- I was just thinking about if I say, okay, I have placed my hope in tomorrow, right? Yeah. What's that guaranteed on? 
Yeah, we're not even promised another breath. So, so, so I can go back to the Old Testament, which was established by 400 years of quiet called the intertestamental period when you know Amos tells us that people would run to and fro uh, searching because they had a famine, not of food, but of the word of God. And they're running, seeking God. And there was 400 years of quiet, right? In that intertestamental Old Testament ended, 400 years of quiet, prophecy ceased, and then onto the scene burst Jesus um, lowly Jesus fulfilling all of the Old Testament and guaranteeing it by fulfilled prophecy. Um, and and by the way, Jesus says this this is an appropriate way to understand it because he says, "I've told you these things so that when they happen, you'll believe." Like that's an that's an appropriate way to view Old Testament prophecy. Yes, it is. We're telling you what's going to happen, but also so that when it does happen, you can believe. So let me let me go back. When I say I hope that I'll you know my, I place my hope in tomorrow. I've got so many things to do. Well, we're told not to boast in tomorrow. That's arrogance. Yeah. That's vanity. That's not a promise that I can claim. I can't go back to some Old Testament verse and say, tomorrow's been guaranteed. I, I can go back to the promises of Jesus and say, in Christ, I know that I will never die. I'll just be relocated, right? That my my outer man will pass away. But You're I transferring your membership. Right. Yeah, 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 good. Um, so, so again, I, I think it's... It's in, in what you place your hope. And for this person in Proverbs 26, 12, he has placed his hope in his own wisdom. Mm. He, 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 he's, he's understanding the present, his faith, and the future, his hope, all in relationship to his own wisdom. And that's a fool. You know, as you said that, it struck me how many really brilliant people place their hope in their brilliance, in their intellect, in their knowledge, in their education. Right. I mean, scientists that deny God, they, they are con- their confidence is in, in their knowledge, their perceived knowledge of science or their own intellect or wisdom. You know what's interesting on two levels for that? Um, one, how, how time always wins, and so that intellect it degrades, Right over time. And so you have your Nietzsche, who some people say was, was absolutely brilliant, uh, but, you know, ended up in a, in a madhouse. But the other part of that is these brilliant men, you know, David Hume said that our reason is a slave to our passions, right? And, and uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. I want to be aware of it, but I don't necessarily agree with it. But the other part of that is how many brilliant men ha- uh, have been shaped by romantic relationships and affections for other people. Hmm. And it's it, it really is interesting how you go, well, I just trust in my mind. And then you look back at the reason they decided what they to, to do what they did or think what they thought. And a lot of times it has ties to their passions more than their intellect. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, when it's like this past, you know, when you trust in your own wisdom, you're a fool. Right. Um, I'm trying to trying to remember what book I was I was reading a lot of uh it's like love of philosophers or something like that. So um, let, let's move on to the, the Proverbs 29 passage. So, and I'll find that book. Proverbs twenty nine twenty. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. And that is a future expectation for this person. It, it's not good. That, that, it's not a hope-filled future. It's not, yeah, that's not a good place to be. What's the problem? 
Well, the problem is their hope is ver is horizontal, not vertical. Okay. And let's go to one last one in Proverbs, and then we will, then we'll move on. So, um, Proverbs eleven seven, Proverbs eleven seven. If you're following along today, um, and I'll just read it. It says, "When the wicked dies, his hope will perish." Hmm. That really is like the fool that that uh, holds on to things that the rust and moth and thief will get to. Every, every treasure that you've held on to that you could not let go, that you have not used for the glory of God and laid up as a treasure in the kingdom of God, it's all passing away. There's nothing that you can hold on to. So when the wicked dies, his hope will perish. Um, and by the way, that Proverbs eleven seven is preceded by this, the treacherous are taken captive by their lust. So the passions draw you in to hold on to these things in your life and you won't let them go and they're so important to you when you die. Uh, that hope is gone. It'll perish too. And the expectation of wealth perishes as well. So, and that's the, the, the final part of that Proverbs eleven seven. So I had a professor describe Proverbs as, as this uh, tension between lady wisdom and lady folly. And so what we're talking about here really is, is lady folly and this hope that uh, people tend to place on anything this world has to offer. And so it's, it's like a, you know, a foot out of joint or an achy tooth, right? It, it's, it's painful uh, when we realize that everything we have based our hopes and dreams on is temporary. And there is an eternal reality to life. That when all of our hopes and dreams are based on something that is passing away, we have no hope. Because, in, in effect, we've received our reward. Right. The hope in something that's passing away. Because eventually, when that passes away and we pass away, we, we pass away hopeless, bound to an eternity, eternity separated from the love of God. Yeah, all, all hope is gone. Man, that sounds so bleak. And it is. Yeah, it is. So um, uh, let me, let me ad address this book, and then we'll move on to just talking to a few maybe people that are faithful in their church that we may encourage to not place their hope in the wrong things. Um, maybe even anecdotally, I, I'm real big on the word, the word, the word, you know, sanctify them by that truth. Thy word is truth. The word sanctifies the word is able to make you wise into salvation. So I'm a word guy, but maybe we could use a few anecdotes, um, this week and, and just, you know, address some concerns we may have for, for horizontal hope. Um, but the, but the book was called lovers of philosophy. That's pretty easy title. I can't remember. I don't, I don't, I can't believe I couldn't remember that. You're a broken fallen creature. Uh, yeah. How the intimate lives of seven philosophers shape modern thought. It's by Warren Ward, and it, it's a really good read. It's just, it's interesting to me how, you know, we, we, we try to pretend that we're so intellectual and that our minds are above reproach and that we just trust the science. I've heard that before, too. You've read that book? Uh, parts, yeah, m much of it, yeah. Is Immanuel Kant part of the philosophers? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yep. I'm yep. not a fan. Not a fan of Immanuel Kant? Yeah. I, I, so I've read the fundamental principles of metaphysics, 
Um, and, and I just, as, and I mean, this is me talking about one of the great minds of, of the world. And I want to get into that in a second. So anyways, I, I, have, I, I have a problem with uh, how far he takes back his first principle. I don't think even in the fundamental principles of metaphysics, he takes his first principle back far enough. And then he would not. He, he does believe that there, there is a God because he ought to exist, right? There's a God because he ought to exist. But he doesn't really root reality in God, which I think fails to, to really recognize the the only first principle that we possibly could have, which is God himself. I That's am that I am. Upper story, lower story. Yeah. Yeah. Hogwash. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and then the other thing is r- real quick, but one of the things that they said about him was that um, he met a man in this, he met a man named, I think Green was his name, and he was a disciplined military guy, I think a Navy guy. And, uh, and he was the one that taught Immanuel Kant his famous discipline. But Kant, when he became a professor, they said almost could set you could set your clock to the way that his day went. And I just thought, what would my mind be like if I freed it from the chaos that I expose it to in my average day? I, I, I need to be more regimented. I am a horrible time manager. And anybody listening to this podcast can tell my mind goes a thousand different places at once and never it never kind of completes the loop. So uh, I, I wonder what it would look like if I'd, I really did have a much more regimented day. And, and I need to move towards that. All right. So enough about someone that we don't have respect for. Let's talk about people we do have respect for, which are our church members and maybe a word that we could give them in this Advent season about horizontal hope. Yeah, good. I like it. Okay. What, what do you, what do you think? Well, I, I think that, you know, being a recovering materialist, mm-hmm. I have been one that has tried to place or to try to find hope in the horizontal you know, and, and in the car business, it's easy to develop a, a hope for cars, nice cars, or a hope for things in general. And I can tell you that it always falls short, always. It, it never lives up to the expectation. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with enjoying nice things, and I'm not saying that. But we got to be careful where our hope is where our true hope is found. Sure. And, and, and again, I think Philippians four would address that, that Paul says, you know, he's learned to have plenty and he's learned to have nothing. He's been, you know, he's been in want, but in all things he can glorify God, you know, in, in Christ who strengthens him. And so, so how, how do you navigate those? But maybe just maybe we'll take a moment to, to address the, the, the Christian that is listening to this podcast that that's going to go about their Advent season believing they trust in God? Are there ways that maybe we can provoke you to think a little differently on your hope? And one of them is, I, I think this is helpful. I heard it from a pastor uh, before, but he said that joy is often the canary that we place into the Christian cave. And, and when your joy is gone, you, you, it, it's the contentment that we talked about a while back. Be content with all things. Why? Because, because he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Or when it says the Lord is at hand, let your reasonableness be known to all. The Lord is at hand. So then we can rejoice in all things. Again, I say rejoice. We can rejoice because we believe God is in control. So, so maybe this Advent season, if you really lack joy, and I don't want to make this, um, an exacerbating problem of you saying, well, I know I should have joy and I'm miserable and now I'm more miserable because I don't have joy and it's just a downward spiral. But maybe you can just pause and say, where have I placed my hope? Is my hope for a good Christmas? Is, is my hope for my whole family to be together, which are not bad things. I love how you said that. In fact, they're very, 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 very good things. But it's not ultimately what we place our hope in. Yeah, I think a big part of spiritual maturity is is being able to um, 
take a self-assessment and, and to assess these things. Where, okay, I'm lacking joy. Why? Why is it I'm lacking joy? Well, where am I placing my hope? I think that is one mark of a spiritually mature believer. I think another mark of a spiritually mature believer is being able to recognize where God is has blessed and in what ways. And I think that's where we find that contentment, which I think leads to joy. And that I think we can find hope in that. Great. I, I just don't think that we are that great at self-assessment. No, no. I so, definitely agree with you. So here's where I would love to have callers. I would love to have people that could call us or text us or write us because I believe that we're so bad at it that, that a loving God sometimes afflicts us. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think we'll get into that tomorrow, but, but l- l- let's stop there and, and say that for, that for those that think that you're good at self-assessment, I would warn you what we said um, earlier about uh, Proverbs twenty six twelve. Do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. And maybe just pause this Advent season and say, God, I don't know if I have my hope placed in the right things or if I have horizontal hope. And we'll get into affliction tomorrow, but let's get a good prayer for that person that really is honest about seeking where their hope lies. So Psalm 139.23 is, is a great place to start. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Yeah. Amen. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Uh, thank you, Gavin, for uh, leading us today. It's a, it's a great thought-provoking uh, podcast lesson today. Uh, listener, I pray that you would continue to open your Bible. Uh, go to that Psalm, Psalm 39, and, and, and do seek God in, in, the, in this thing and, and just trust in Him and continue to open your Bible until we get back together. And until then, glorify our Lord God because He alone is worthy to be praised. Amen. See you then.